you find the breakthrough by spending time with God. In other words, going to new levels. So today, we're going to talk about a 30-minute breakthrough, something you can do for 30 minutes. There is something you can do in that time frame that will allow breakthrough to take place. Why? Because you are going to greater levels. Breakthrough happens because you grow in the Lord. Breakthrough happens not just because God takes his magic God wand and goes poop and does a miracle for you. Breakthroughs happen because you understand revelation of who you are in the Lord. And by spending time with God, you will understand who he is. But by understanding who he is, you'll know who you are. The the world today is searching for identity. I want to tell you, your identity is in God. Now, the miracle may not be the one you wanted, but you will receive from God in his kingdom what he promised. Why I'm saying that? Because sometimes because we don't understand God, we're not spending time with God like we should, we really don't know what God really wants for us to have. And because of that, our wishes or our desires, or shall we call our faith, is believing in something that maybe God did not promise you. So what is this 30-minute deal? But let me give you a little secret. If it's 15 minutes, if it's 10 minutes, if it's five minutes a day, David said, a day with the Lord is like a thousand elsewhere. It is about a consistent relationship and fellowship with your God. Now, don't shut me out because most of us have tried a lot of different things to do that. Why is that? Because we're believers. We want that. We desire to have that, but life brings frustration in the realities of how do we do that. So we're going to talk about how to have time in the secret place, as Scripture says, with God himself. Or let's use church talk. A quiet time, to have a quiet time with God. And uh, I will say this, I was thinking about this when I was writing the sermon, and I said, not a time out, we're talking about a quiet time, even though some of us need a time out. Now, some of us tried this, and Moses and Elijah didn't show up, so you quit. Some of us fall asleep because it's a quiet time. It's a time that you de-stress. It's a time that you you allow yourself to hear the voice of God. Then we think, well, I'm just not there spiritually. Any one of you ever thought it this way? I'm just not there spiritually. It doesn't work for me. I do what I feel that I need to do. I just want to tell you, God... His favorite time is to spend time with you. And if we don't do this, we're rejecting God himself. See, we say, I'm a Christian. 
I love God. I go to church. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We all are. And if you're not, today's the day you can receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. We say things like, well, you know, I'm just not Billy Graham. I don't need to do that. Well, I'm telling you, Scripture, every person in the Word of God that is explained about has had these times with God. And Scripture shows us when they don't, they miss God. They miss His will. And I'm asking you to join me in this journey in the next year and a half to really break through in every area and not allow uh, religion, not allow stuff of the past to hinder you from growing and going to different levels in your life, greater levels in your life to know God. Now, when you start this, if you haven't already, and you're not already frustrated, you will get frustrated. I have read tons of books about this secret place, quiet time, time with God. And they, they tell you to write things down. They make lists to pray for your dentist all the time, whatever it is. You know, they, they give you something to do. And you do it, and all of a sudden, you get behind on your list. And so you, you say to your family, I can't do that. We can't do that because I got to go and spend time with God. And all your kids are looking at you like, okay, so all this stuff's more important than me. And so there's frustration in the family and you're, you're getting mad at people because they're not allowing you to have this quiet time with God. And so all of a sudden you get behind and you say, you know what? Forget it. I won't do it. God knows I love him. And I pray at times. And I pray in my car. That's good. I do too. But here's the point that Scripture is bringing us is that God's favorite thing is to spend time with you. And he's inviting you and me to do this. And in the process of doing this, we will see a lot of breakthrough. Most of you are stressed about life. There are things that you are stressed about. So how does all this change is the question. And where I'm going to take you in this series regarding the many different areas of life, you see the new signs in front of you, is we're going to break through because we spend time with God, because we grow to new levels. And let me just say this to you. It is not hard. How it all changes is we spend time with God every day and it will change. Every day, we're to cast our care on the Lord. Casting your care on the Lord isn't, God, help me. That's not casting your care on the Lord. Casting your care on the Lord is sitting quietly with God and talking to him and allowing him to talk to you. So let the Lord teach you during this time. I'm not going to give you a bunch of lists. We have a CD, 30 Minutes with God. We have a CD that helps you learn how to get in the Word of God 
how to memorize things and all that, you can listen to that. But again, that is another program that we put together. I want God to teach you. Because every one of you are at different levels of your growth with the Lord. And each level is a wonderful level. It is a place where you're at with God. And it's great. It's cool that you're there in that level. But God is saying, come and spend time with me. I want to take you to greater heights that you've never dreamed. By the way, in all the times that I've spent in the secret place, I haven't seen Elijah and Moses either. Matter of fact, there's been a couple times, a few times, I've seen my eyelids. Anybody ever fallen asleep? Yeah, okay. But before we even show you what to do, how to begin, and how to develop this, I want to give you three myths about time with God. I want to just dismiss stuff of the past and all this. Now, let me just say this. All the books, all the stuff, everybody trying, they're, they're leaders, teachers, pastors, trying to help us in this place of spending time with God. So I'm not against all the lists. I'm not against all the books. I just want you to be you and God the Father. I want you to spend time with him. I want you to enjoy it. See, it's not about, I got to do this. It's about, I get to do this. I get to be with Father God. Here's the first myth. You can only have a time in the secret place from 3 a.m. to 4 a.m. You know what? You can't work on your job until midnight and then wake up at 3 to pray. That's ridiculous. You cannot. You know, it doesn't sound spiritual, you know, when, when you're praying at 12, afternoon, 12 in the afternoon. Doesn't it sound so spiritual when people say they get up at 5 o'clock, 4 o'clock every morning and spend time with God? Let me just tell you, we're all spiritual. We all have God in us. The Holy Spirit resides in us. So we're all spiritual beings. But the reality is some are early risers and some are late getter-uppers. Amen. And so you have to realize what is your time frame that you spend with God. If you show up at 7 o'clock in the morning in the secret place, God's not going to say, we're closed, the spiritual people just left. Okay, so let's just remove that. You see, you can go to the secret place and have a quiet time anytime. Rise up early, as Scripture says, in your time frame. To some of you, you work till midnight, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning. Early to you is not 3 a.m. Early to you is 10 o'clock in the morning, 11 o'clock in the morning. And we have to see where we're at, where God has us, because God has a plan for you. God has a job for you. God has vision for you. And if you're in that vision, then your early time is where that vision is. Here's the second myth. 
People say you must spend at least an hour in the secret place and or quiet time. Now, I'm going to say something, and some of you can go, ah, pastor, but it says nothing in the Bible says you have to spend an hour in the secret place. See, my personality, it's hard for me to pray for an hour. <laughs> I'm a bottom line person. Now, Matthew 26, 40, remember? Matthew 26, 40 says, Jesus is asking for a time. Could you not keep watch from me at least an hour? Jesus was in the garden longer than that. He was just using that as, a, as an understanding of what he was trying to explain. Could you not just spend a few of these hours, just at least an hour watching and just sleeping and not doing anything? And people have taken that and said, see, the magic wand is if you spend 60 minutes with God. And each has five minutes of what you talk about. Now, let me tell you, that's a good book. I read it three times, and I love it. It's helped me in areas of my life. But see, nothing in the Bible says that it takes an hour for you to have a breakthrough. Now, see, I get to the point a lot of times. I wish others would get to the point. But I know why sometimes... You know, people don't get to the point because <laughs> there is no point in what they're talking about. But my prayers, let me just tell you how my prayers are. God, you said this. I believe it. Let's go. That's how I pray. I get the will of God and the word of God. I find the word of God. I, I go to the Lord. I said, God, you, you said to me that this is what the word of God says. I believe that because you said it. And so let's go. What's, what's the plan? Tell me what my next step is. And then I listen. The third myth of the secret place. What you write down must sound like the Bible. Now, many people in, in our church are writers and write poetry. Uh, Terry does. Some of the songs we sing is poetry that she wrote, and the worship team, a uh, fine arts team, put music to it. Richard Natividad, I don't know if you've ever heard of a lot of, he's sitting in here with his wife, uh, has written a lot of poems, and, and he writes them, and I, I keep them in my desk, and periodically I read them because they're a blessing to me. They're straight to me from the throne room of God. And so people can write like that, but I write, you know me in English, okay? I write, God said this, I'll do it, and I'm not going to be a ding-dong today. That's what I write. I'm not going to be a jerk today. I, I'm simple in the reality of spending time with God. A lot of people will, will ask me, you know, when I'm doing leadership conferences and different things like that, and when I was a supervisor overseeing a lot of pastors, they'll ask me, Pastor, what's the secret of your time with God? I don't have really this, you know, aura of words to tell them. I just tell them, you know, God the Father wants to be with me. I know that. I love him. 
I bring the word in there, I read it, and I just listen. And I will pray. I will bring things to him that I'm concerned about. But I pray with the Lord. But I'm going to show you some of the things that I've learned that I do. And it's not just from me. I've learned it from others. I've been to conferences. I'm, I have spiritual, had spiritual fathers and all the above. And I've learned and I've asked questions. And so I put that all together. And this is kind of where I'm at and what I do in the secret place. And again, it's, it's really kind of simple. And I think it's going to help you out. And I want you to remember the myths and stop putting yourself in someone else's basket. Stop putting yourself in someone else's personality and be who God made you in your time with the Lord. But here's the bottom line. We all must spend time with the Lord for these breakthroughs. So let me give you four steps to start spending time with God, and they're going to be very practical. So, uh, you know, you're not going to run out of here and say, oh, wow, I've never heard that. You've probably heard it, but it just didn't resonate with you. But I, I pray that it would resonate with, with your heart and how to do this. The first thing that I do is I quiet my mind. I'm not talking about meditation. I don't cross my legs and do this, Okay. That's Eastern religion. But to clear your mind, you must not be busy. You can't be running around doing things and then talking to God so fast, he can't, doesn't have any time to, to talk back to you. Just quiet your mind. In other words, you're supposed to slow down and quiet your soul. Psalm 131, verse 2, look at what David did. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul. Like a weaned child, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Like a weaned child with his mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. Okay, just remember a weaned child. What happens when you're weaning a child from something? Okay, just, just remember that thought. Psalm 62, verse 1 and verse 5. Truly my soul silently waits for God. From him comes my salvation. My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. When I go in, I expect God to speak. And you know, it's not like I'm telling God to speak. It's his favorite thing to do. He loves to talk with me and to walk with me. David is telling the soul to be quiet or silent or to wait. So last week we found David, remember, inquired of God. And here it tells us what he did to do that. He told his soul to be quiet. Remember, the Philistine army was lining up to go to battle. And all his soldiers were ready to go to battle. But what did he do? He went to a quiet place. He went to the secret place and inquired of God. We found out what he did when he went there. Do you imagine David, even though he was a great warrior, David was concerned about a battle. He was concerned about losing his soldiers. He was concerned about losing the battle. 
And he went in and he quieted his soul. You start praying and you, you think of the grocery list. <laughs> Your mind is loud. It always is because you've been watching a movie. You've been watching this. You've been listening. You're reading a blog. You've been doing this. Coming back from work. You're driving, you know, a half hour home to work from work. All these things, your mind's just going like that, and you're going to spend time with God, and then your mind is still going. And you got to take that moment, and you got to tell your soul, how do you do that? Well, we're going to read in a moment how to do that. You need to tell your soul to stop it, be quiet, that you're going to listen to God. David said, Psalm 131, verse 2. Let's read this again. We're going to show you. Like a weaned child with his mother. See, your soul, however old you are, is however old you are. Your soul. It came alive when you were conceived. Your spirit came alive when you were born again. All right? Born and born again. So for me today, my soul is 63 years young. I got saved, born again when I was 17, almost 18. So my spirit is 46 years old. All right? So this is kingdom life. My spirit, who is 17 years younger than my soul, says, soul we won't live like that anymore. What we're saying is that your spirit takes control of your soul. And like a weaned child, your soul throws a tantrum. You're frustrated. You don't have time. You're tired. You're falling asleep. My soul begins to cry because my soul wants to do what it always wants to do. What does a baby do when you try to wean it? It throws a fit. You wean it off a pacifier. It throws a fit. So what I'm trying to tell you, when you tell your soul to be quiet, your soul will throw a fit. So what do you do as a parent? Sometimes you do this you give up and give your child the pacifier. But you're trying to wean your child. You know you have to back away. And some of you moms and dads, I was there, you know, just give it back to them, you know. They're crying. Why? They're being weaned off of it. But let me show you a secret what that means in a little bit. Bottom line now your spirit is in control. Okay, let's go on. Psalm 131, verse 2 again. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. The child is weaned, but mom is still holding the child. When you wean your babies from things, you're still holding your baby. You're still feeding your baby, you know, with a spoon and all the different things, with the bottle at times. So if your soul is not in the arms of God, it will throw a fit all the time. So let me just say this to you. 
your biggest battle in your life is not the enemy. Because remember, we found out we already have victory. Your biggest battle in your life about spending time with God is your soul. You haven't weaned your soul off of what it wants. And how you get to it where it becomes comfortable, where you get to new levels in your walk and your time in the secret place is you get in the arms of God. That's what it is when you spend time with God. You are in the arms of your Lord and Savior. You're in, your, in the arms of Father God. The Holy Spirit is there speaking from you, you're born again, from your spirit to you. And when we understand it's our spirit that's in control of our soul and he wants, the soul wants to throw a tantrum, you tell it to sit down and be quiet and let Father God hold it. Stop, wait, wait. And all of a sudden you pick up your child that's being weaned and you start walking it and, you know, rocking it a little bit and all of a sudden it quiets down. That's what you need to do with your soul. That's why you've been frustrated with getting in the secret place of God. Because you have come to a place in your life that you think it's got to be some certain explosion and see Elijah and Elisha and, and, you know, all the different things. And every time you get with God, there are times I get with God and I leave and I still don't understand what he said. Because I need to wait on it and I need to learn what it really means. That's why it says, wait on the Lord. So the only thing that will calm your soul is to be held by God. Yes, we need to grow up. Yes, we need to mature. But you must be held by God to begin that maturing process. You can't do that, the maturing process, until you're with him. Here's the second. Focus your mind. How do you do that, focus your mind? Well, let me give you a suggestion about, first of all, you clear your mind, quiet your soul, and then sing. Folks, I just want to tell you, the moment I said that, half you said, I don't have a good voice. It sounds good to God. Psalm 100, verse 1 and 2 says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with complaining. Oh, I mean singing. Come before his presence with singing. Verse 3, Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And we'll learn later on in this series, to have thanksgiving, you've got to know the will of the Lord. You've got to know who he is, because then you give thanks. Even though you're going through Hades on earth, you know who God is, and he will deliver you. And so you're thankful. Thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. So the question is, how do you enter into God's presence? You enter by singing. Every day, God gives you a song. Yep, he does. 
Every day, the psalmist told us. Every day, God gives you a song. And it is the key of unlocking the door to his presence. Some of you just said, I've never heard one song. Yeah, you did. It just didn't resonate in your spirit. Your soul was blocking it. You didn't quiet your soul. You went before the Lord, and, and before the Lord, you were crying out and, and not shouting to the Lord of praise. You were shouting to the Lord, why did you let this happen? Every day, God gives you a song, and it is the key of unlocking the door to his presence. You know, some of you, you say, he doesn't give me a song. I'm just going to tell you, yes, he does. Bottom line, yes, he does. I'm not going to argue with you. He does. You don't have to sing out loud either. To some of you, we're glad you don't. It is your spirit that communes with God. Now, I know there's a teaching out there that because God is a speaking spirit, the only way to speak to God is by speaking. Let me tell you, does, do you hear an audible voice all the time from God when he tells you something? No, you don't. You hear an impression in your spirit. There are times <clears throat> when you're in the middle of work, you can be doing work and you can be singing to the Lord from your spirit. You could do it quietly from your mouth and speak words. But I, I just, I, I don't agree with that fullness of the teaching that because God is a speaking spirit, that's true 100%, that we can't at times commune with God by our spirit. And again, I'm not talking about meditation. It is your spirit that communes with God. So listen very carefully. I can't quote a scripture to prove this, but everyone just hear me. This is my opinion, according to all that I've read. When you sing, God doesn't hear your voice. God hears your heart. He hears his, wor his words from your heart. Guess what that is? That's called faith. And when you get in there and you hear the words, he hears the words of faith when you're singing. Because he's not going to give you a song that says, oh, woe is me. Amen. He's going to give you a song that, that has his word in it, that builds your faith. Church, God is not flesh and blood, but spirit. So those that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. Okay, just let me just be real practical and explain this to you. Someone stands up with a beautiful voice, but their heart is not with, right with God. Someone else stands up and their voice is horrible, but their heart is right and are worshiping God. Which one do you think God likes the most? The one with the right heart. And, and so many times, hey, I, I'm that way. You know, I am 10 left feet when it comes to dancing. My whole family can dance like crazy. But I can't. 
And so in that, you know, you start dancing. Even the family will say, yeah, dad, when he danced at the wedding, it was like this, you know. And, you know, I mean, hey, we can laugh about it because we have fun, right? We're learning how to have fun. But after all gr growing up and everyone dancing, I grew up in a German family and a lot of Polish people, and you had the Polish dances, all the different things at the weddings. I never danced because I had 10 left feet, not two left feet, 10. And so some of you who can't dance, you know when you go to a, a party and there's dancing, you know how you feel. Some of you that can't sing and someone says, we need to sing and there's three people in the room, you know how you feel. You know, like, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, and you're going, because <laughs> you don't want to embarrass yourself, right? So, so that's what I, I'm telling you. Singing will focus you to hear God. You enter into his presence. Even though you don't have a good voice, sing. So I do that. I go in, I go to the, the man cave, and I just very quietly, just I tell my soul, sit down, shut up, we're going to hear God. It's time to hear God. And then I just sing. There are times I'll sing louder. Uh, there are times I won't. There are times I'll be singing and then I'll just be quiet. But I know as I'm doing that, I'm entering into the presence of the Lord. And now, when I enter in the presence of the Lord, it's not Star Trek, you know, where they push the button, all of a sudden you see all these stars going, and all these stars, and you're there, there and, and oh, wow, I'm in the presence of God. No, it's in the man cave, the same pictures, the same carpet, everything. Okay, it really, I'm being practical here, but I'm really loving you right now and being a spiritual father. And I'm wanting you to understand how important this time frame is. Here's the third thing. Pray your mind. What do I mean by that? Pray your mind. Pray what you're thinking or concerned about. Pray what's on your heart. Quieted your soul. You began to sing. You're in the presence of the Lord. And then you talk to the Lord. It's not selfish when you're with God because your life is about what God anointed you to do. The things that your mind, if you are growing in, in the things of the Lord in the secret place, the call of God that's on your life will bring you the concerns. Some of you are more concerned about people who are not saved than others because there's an anointing in your life about that. Some of you are more concerned about uh, the gifts of the Spirit, then others are concerned about the gifts of the Spirit because that's the call in your life. That's the areas where you're at. You can't force other people to be like you. You be you with God. And you talk to the Lord uh, with who you are, your marriage, your children, whatever it may be. And Philippians 4, 6 says, be anxious for nothing. Now, have you ever read that and think, really, you know what's just happened in my life and don't be anxious? <laughs> How can you be anxious for nothing? Verse 6 continued. But in everything. How? But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. There it is. Thanksgiving is you know God's ways, not just his acts. Most people pray for God's acts instead of praying for God's ways who he is, what is his desire, what is his will. Let your request be made known to God. 
So in other words, not, God, you saw what my child did. You need to fix that. You need to do this, 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 and this. Because, you know, if you don't do that, then, then nothing's going to work. How about, Father, you saw what my son or daughter did. I don't know what to do. But I know you do. Can you tell me what to do? How to respond to that? You know what Father God would do? He'd say, sure. I'll tell you exactly what to do because I love your child more than you do. I have a plan for your child that is greater than you could ever think. So let me tell you how to get them back on the road. And he'll tell you. Now, it might not happen overnight. It might happen the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth time that you have each day gone to be with the Lord. Pray about everything. Let your requests be made known to God. And then, uh, here it is, what will take place if you do this. Verse 7, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, watch this, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Jesus is standing at the door of your mind rejecting anxiousness. That's what he wants to do. I learned in secret time in the levels of growing with the Lord that literally the moment I get into the presence of the Lord, anxiousness has is not welcome in the presence of God. And he rejects it out of me, and he brings about his love and his peace immediately. A lot of people will be driving down the road, oh, I can't believe this happened. I don't know what to do. God, you need to do something. God, you need to... And you didn't enter into that time. You didn't pull over like David went into the tent and spent time with God regarding the war with the, Philippine, or with the Philistines. Philippines. I love the Philippines. <laughs> Minister there a lot. <laughs> Anyways. But do you see that? Do you see where it is? God will give you peace. That was hilarious. God, God will, let's have fun, right? We're going to talk about that. God will give you peace once you enter because anxiousness has no place in the presence of God. He'll do it. It's a done deal. You say, well, I tried that and I walked away more scared. There's an enemy out there, but see, you need to tell that baby, the soul, part of your nature, who you are, to be quiet. Because your soul is wanting to cry, wanting to yell, wanting to worry, wanting to walk in fear. But when you enter into that place, you pour out your heart to God, peace follows. The last one, and we'll close with this. You need to renew your mind. Uh-oh, pastor, you're going to get into that, the listing thing and how to do that. The answer is the Bible. You need to read the Word every day. And if some of you say, but pastor, this is my, I, I really, I didn't get an education, I can't read. Some people, I've said this before in sermons, I know some people have graduated from the second and third grade. They're the smartest people in the world. 
because they've learned to slowly read the Word of God. And if they can't read well or understand, they look it up in the dictionary and they spend time to learn. So don't tell me that you can't read. There's also things you can do of where the Bible is read. You can go online and, and have the Bible read to you and go over it and over it and over it and over it. You have to read the Word of God every day. Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The benefit, if you renew your mind, you will prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. You'll know God's will. You'll know his will. You'll know his character. You'll know his ways. Don't be conformed to the world. How? By being transformed in renewing your mind. How many of you know all day long you're being bombarded with stuff and you need to spend time to renew your mind? If you renew your mind, then you will do the will of the Lord. You know his ways. So what we found here, very practical. What do we do? First, we quiet our minds, spirit over soul. Then we sing a song to the Lord. And then we focus on him by praying. And then we renew our mind by reading the word of God. See, a lot of times reading the Word of God is the last thing because that's God's Word. That's God's heart. That's God's ways. So the last thing I do is reading the Word. Start somewhere, five minutes. God's not a He doesn't have a watch and say, okay, that's only five minutes. It's only 10 minutes. And if you're the type of personality, 15 minutes a day, Again, a day with the Lord is like a thousand days elsewhere. People who don't know the word don't have faith. We learned that last week. People will never believe or have the faith in God for a miracle until they're in the word. That's kingdom. That's a kingdom reality. Read the Bible. So let me just give you a caveat and then we'll be done. There will be times I still have them. There will be times I will read the scripture and literally I will, I will say out loud to the Lord, what the heck does that mean? I don't get that, God. <laughs> He's probably laughing at me. You know, because he knows I will. But I don't get it. You ever been there? The word said, I don't get that. What does he mean by that? And then you call Pastor Dan. He says, well, the Greek word says, you know, and all that. And, and, you know, but I don't get it. There are areas in Scripture today I have put aside, and I'm saying, Lord, I still don't get this. I know this and this and this and this around that scripture, but what you just said there, 
I don't get it. Please show me. And so God's up there going, ha, 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 ha. I'm keeping him away from me. No, he's not. I have to develop and grow more in my revelation of the word of God and who he is. And the more you know of God, the more you're held in his arms, the more you will know the things of the Lord. Amen. Fourteen years ago, some of you are here today because 14 years ago I prayed for you in my secret place. God showed me, now once in a while he does, God showed me visions in dreams of this place and what he would do. And I want to tell you, only about 10% of it has taken place that I've seen. It's not something I go, I had a dream, and this is what, you know, be like Joseph. I had a dream. No. God showed me something, and he repeated it many times. I still have that dream. But I don't talk about it, nothing. Because I just know, God, either you're going to do this by a miracle, or you're going to show me. You're going to reveal the truth to me. And by that, the truth will set me free. And I one day will see that picture in this place. What does God have for you? What is your future with the Lord? You've been called to Valley Community Church. Many of you on the screen, you've been called to Valley Community Church. What is God saying to you to do? What is your future? What is he saying to you? The only way you'll ever find out is spending time with God. Let's all stand.